it himself. Cole McGriff is headed to the sideline. Can he get to the first down? He stays in bounds. Heads up field, gets a block. Can you catch him? He's tripped, stays on his feet, and he's down inside the five. Welcome to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to podcast number seven here for the Tiger Livestream Network with another podcast, with another week, and we got a whole bunch of news coming to you this week. We also had a nice little sit down with Chris Kaufman, so uh, I'm Blake Walker along with Dan Walker, and uh, I think we got a pretty good show in line today. Busy week in sports. Man, this uh, this baseball softball season started out crazy at mm-hmm. the end of the year. Uh, you're going to talk a little bit in the towards the end of the, the part of the recap on what happened with Friday night senior showcase that was pretty incredible to see what's going on in the the drama department and just the upcoming directors we have at the Grinnell High School so that's pretty cool what's going on uh also I'd like to recognize tonight so our flagship sponsor Polly Ice Pizza is on board so we're gonna take just a 30 second snapshot of what Joey Polly has to say and we'll be right back and we'll dive right into the past week's games Hey there, I'm Joey Polyi, third generation owner of Polyi's in Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you, everything is made from scratch, and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pax Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit PolyEyesGrinnellIA.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Polyi's Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street. All right, thank you, Joey, Polly, for your sponsorship. And we're going to hear from a couple times throughout the podcast, just recognizing what they are doing for us and helping us out sponsoring this podcast. And all right, busy week last week. Let's talk about past week's games. Uh, I want to give a shout out. Last Sunday, when we did, uh, or actually it was Monday, we did the podcast. We did not have the follow up scores from the Saturday's ball game with. Uh, the softball game so the results for those uh two heartbreakers saturday and williamsburg first of all they lost six to two to the number three ranked 2a uh albia and then they also lost to williamsburg that's kind of the real heartbreaker uh 1-0 to uh williamsburg so that's that's kind of a killer to walk away from that weekend uh, a couple sidekicks is against the uh, albia tigers actually led two to one going into the seventh inning but the Tigers couldn't hang on. Albia just, the bats went alive for Albia. They had five runs with two outs, notched the victory. Offensively, the Tigers were led by Megan Doty with a two for two and an inside the park home run and a single to both uh, Tiger runs. Kate Kriegel was also one for two and uh, two very well executed butts against Williamsburg. The highlight was the pitching performance of Meredith McDight, who also pitched five innings, giving up only five hits, one earned run with three strikeouts. So offensively, Hannah Behrens went two for three and two singles in the night. So that was a, a pretty tough tough weekend for Mike Doty and the crew. Uh, jumping ahead to Wednesday night, the 29th, uh, the girls' varsity team, it's not that we didn't have ball games or ball games scheduled earlier in the week. But, again, we're right here in Iowa, and everyone looks out the window and sees that rain. It's kind of a killer for us. But Wednesday night at the follow-up, uh, varsity tennis, Macy Harris, she was able to make it into the, the state finals. So she advanced into the state semifinals on Wednesday, winning with two matches uh, straight. In the first round, she played regional champion Olivia 
Phillips from Williams or Waverly Shellrock. Phillips won the first. Macy come back and knocked out the next two matches. Knocked her into the quarterfinals. She faced a uh, young lady from Seidel, the undefeated uh, girl. She gave Harris her only loss of the season in the first match of the year. Uh, this time, Harris led start to finish with a 6-3 win uh, and a, another 6-3 win and fought off seven matches for the final game, closed out the match. So with that, with those wins, Harris advanced into Thursday semifinals to face undefeated number one seed from Fairfield. Uh, that gal was also the state runner-up in 2018. Uh, they played for uh, third place and ended up losing and coming out with fourth in the state. A side note on the uh, Twitter account for the tennis people, she ends her Tiger career uh, with a two-time state qualifier tied for the best finish in the school's history, career doubles wins record at 48, and a four-time conference finalist and a two-time champion. So Macy Harris has nothing to hang her uh, head about. She's definitely one of our champions here at the, the Grinnell High School. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for sure. She's been one of the top athletes we've seen uh, go through the high school, uh, you know, both male and female combined, whether that be on the basketball court or whether it be in tennis. Uh, she's done so much, and she played softball a little bit before she decided to fully commit to tennis, and um, it obviously paid off really well, and she's she turned out to be a great player. She's going to be pretty good in college. So, yeah, Just, you know, overall leadership of seeing Macy around the school and, and outside the school, she seems to fit in with everyone, uh, has no strange face to anybody, and seems to have friends all the way across the high school. So we wish Macy Harris the best of luck. She'll continue with tennis at Wartburg. Uh, coming up next year as she travels on to college. So good luck to Macy and all your endeavors past that. Uh, also Wednesday night, the girls' soccer team traveled to Nevada, and this was a game that was supposed to be Tuesday night. Uh, it got rained out, so they sent everyone back home. Uh, they played Nevada, ending their season, uh, ended up uh, losing 0-7. to seven. Uh, So that was our final game of the season. A lot of hard work going into that girls' soccer team. I think there was uh, a lot of efforts that are recognized by the coaches, and I think they'll have some good things happening as they come back into next year and just start to rebuild from things that were lost of seniors from the past two years. So good luck to them in the future with that also. Uh, Also on Wednesday the 29th, the girls' golf uh, they ended their season. There was another one that they went up on Monday. Actually, they left Sunday night right. to golf all day Monday in Ankeny. Uh, that got rained out or limited play. So then they played Tuesday uh, and then finished up on Wednesday. They ended the season with a fifth-place finish at State, uh, shooting a 372, so a nice low score. And uh, Coach put out, Kevin put out there, he's very proud of what the girls have done this season and a combination of great teamwork. And I uh, followed on Naomi Jackson's um, Twitter account. She said that she contributes 100% teamwork to the effort of that fifth-place finish uh, with a few of the other golf uh, gals, Maddie Schrack on the same team. I saw some good posts from her mom on on Facebook, and we shared those over on our Tiger Livestream Facebook account also. So, we're pretty proud of what's going on with that program all the way across the board and look forward to see what they have in the future because really of players that are lose. They're still very young. I mean, it, they only lost Naomi. Naomi. Yeah. That's going to graduate her out, out of that batch. So they look 
look to have a nice tough season come back next year. Yeah, do do not be surprised if you don't see him win the Little Hawkeye Conference once again next year. Yeah. So that would be they hit two in a row. That'd be or is that three in a row they won this year? Uh, I think it'd be three in a row the next okay, year. Okay. So good things going on there. Next up Thursday night was a busy night. Busy, busy, busy. Grinnell Varsity uh boys baseball travel to East Marshall. I don't know if it was a last-minute call or last-minute reschedule. It was that morning, yeah. We figured but, out at early in the morning that they'd be going out there to play. So that that was a, a nice little trip as they head up north to uh, East Marshall. They played at Gilman at the ballpark there. Uh, come out of the ball gates just hitting. I mean, they were hitting strong. Uh, in fact, they uh, they won 9-5, to five, but those, those last four excuse me, the last two hits that Gilman had didn't come until the very end. So it looked like it was going to be a complete shutout as they went through that. Uh, also, I got a few stats here. In the beginning, Grinnell Varsity scored five runs in the sixth inning. Uh, Tigers Varsity offense in the inning was led by Jane Gibson, Jake Hall, and Parker Johnson, who all drove in wins, uh, runs, Hull, Earned the win for the Grinnell Tigers. He went six innings, allowed, allowing only five runs and seven hits, and and struck out four. So pretty good. Drew come on and closed out the rest of it on the relief. Uh, very good game. I we didn't get to go up to that game, but we we watched it on Game Changer, which is it's the next best thing when you're sitting at home. You don't have the radio on, but you can see every hit for hit and every pitch for pitch. Uh, pretty well executed game. By the uh, by, the Tigers also one home run launched out there by Jake Hull. Uh, that was a, a good one in the sixth inning. So the Tigers collected nine hits in all by Brock Beck. Gibson had multiple hits. Uh, also Gibson and Beck each collected two hits from the to lead the Tigers. And then the varsity didn't commit one single error on the field. Owen Kaufman had seven chances in the field and the most on the team so nice nice evening followed up there for the boys and i'm sure for coach stenberg they're just happy to play yeah my goodness been a really rough year and Kaufman will talk about that with their interview that we had with him i mean he said it perfectly he said the rain has just been big all year yep all the way through so it's just kind of a killer uh jumping into that same night uh 30th the ladies they also Traveled over to Vinton Shellsburg and had an incredible night. Uh, 13 of 4. They knocked it out of the ballpark as I put it out on the uh, the Twitter account. These gals are on a mission, and I think the mission is is they don't like when people said you weren't that good last year. And, and I think Mike Doty has lit a fire, and the fire is burning strong. And these girls are like roaring. They're Tigers, mm-hmm. and they're they're right. on a mission to make a difference. So good thing they're going on. Uh, side note from Mike on this is uh, Meredith uh, McKnight had seven strong innings in the circle uh, as a freshman. So that's always nice to know when you have freshmen and sophomores that are performing. They have more to offer the next three years. So that's that's really good out there. Megadoti went two for four in a two-run home run. So that – that is Meg's third home run for the season. When we talked to Megan earlier for the, the media day, she only had one home run last year. So I, I think Blake must have 
you must have wound something up Man, in there. Maybe. I don't know. So I don't she know. she's on home run number three just in this young season. Uh, Kai's went for two for three on a four run, four run scored. And Hannah Barron's two for four on a double and a single. Kate Kriegel, one for four on a double. Four quality at bats. And Natalie Brown went for one, uh, one for two with a nice bunt hit. And those are all side notes from Mike Doty out of our, our side side uh, channel. Also, a couple other ones. Ashlyn Iamoff went one for three in the RBI. Lydia Ryderbush went one for three in the RBI. Uh, side note there also, nice to see Lydia back in the action. She had a shoulder surgery five, four or five months ago, three months ago, right after uh, Christmas break. So she's kind of been healing up. So it's nice to see her back on the field again. Lindsey Hollibaugh went one for five with two RBIs. So great, great night overall. Uh, these girls are starting to turn around, and I look for look. I'm looking to say I'm excited to do a little broadcasting. Yeah, I think, which I think our, it's going to be a lot of fun. Our first game we're going to do. For our them first is game will be this Friday, the seventh thir- against Thursday night. This, Thursday. This Thursday yeah, night, Thursday. and then Friday night will be our first boys game. Yes, correct. So Thursday night, girls. Friday night, boys. Ah, last, lastly, let's finish this up here. May 31st, uh, boys baseball traveled to Oskaloosa. That was big win, big win. Oskaloosa, 3-1. and one. Uh, Now after that, obviously, they lost to Grinnell, which led them to 3-1. and one. But I don't think people understand Grinnell is a – was a, or the Little Hawkeye Conference was tough last year um, for a good reason. And this year, they are not that strong. Grinnell is the best team by far in the conference – uh, Oskaloosa is three and three, and the best next best team is Dallas Center Grimes, who's three and or Oskaloosa was three and one. DCG is three and three. I mean, Grinnell looks good this year, and the conference doesn't look that good, and I think that'll really favor Grinnell. Uh, they're one of the few teams left in 3A that is still undefeated. So, I mean, they look good, and that win against Oski was really good. Well, and as Tony Stenberg told us, their ultimate mission. Along with all the players, they want to go back. Oh, yeah. they, they, they don't you can want see it to on stop every single one face. straight uh, or one one game that's going to eliminate them from going somewhere. So they are they are on a mission, and uh, we're really looking forward to get over there and uh, watch them and, and broadcast some ball games. So also going on to, uh, I guess Jane Gibson had a great night that night. Uh, side note to the JV, they also won the ball game. So. Tiger teams in Oskaloosa went two and zero. On the other side of the 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 state, out in West Branch, Mike Doty took the girls' softball team over there. They dropped the first game against West Branch three to nine, and then came back with a huge win over Benton Community five four after struggling against West Branch. Um, Caitlin Van Comperno, sorry, Caitlin, I'm probably gonna butcher your last name. <laughs> had her first career hit, and it was the game-winning hit. Uh, triple scoring her sister Kelsey. So what a way! What a way to do it. Exactly. That's pretty you know, cool. Side note, and what's really cool is uh, um, we get all these side notes from the the coaches and a little bit of their press side. That actually, it's it's good commentary. They they really get into it, and and I'm I'm sure between Coach Doty and Coach Plaguey, they they're excited to see what's yeah. going on out there. So right now they're sitting uh, three and I think three and three on the season. Yeah, three and three. And uh, and that that that's the complete offices of the boys. The little hockey conference for the girls is outrageous. Yeah, once they get into that team, which that actually starts uh, fairly soon tomorrow night. I think yeah, they travel yeah. to Dallas Center Grimes. Yep. So some tough play right off the bat, uh, and we'll see how that 
that turns out. Also, um, let's jump into Friday night to finish out. We couldn't see any of those ball games because we had Senior Showcase. Blake, we talked briefly about Senior Showcase last week, but just give us an idea what what that means. I mean, there's a lot of people that are, are not affiliated with the, the drama department or the fine arts. Just give us a little concept of when someone says, hey, come to Senior Showcase, what's that actually mean? Every time uh, a high schooler goes or a high school or that's in theater goes through all four years, we're obviously always in, in the shows. We're never directing them. We're always the actors in them. And Senior Showcase gives us senior actors, if we want, the chance to uh, be a part of that directing process. Um, so we got the chance to, like I said, we had people audition in front of us and we got to cast them and everything. Um, so the, the directors this year, you could either be co-directors, so two people, and direct a show, which it was only like 15 minutes, or you could be one director, like I was, and just direct the show and all this other stuff. So Ava Dietrich, Riley Osborne, they were co-directors. Uh, Kaylee Mogstadt and Hope Nelson were co-directors. Jose Nino and Daniel Robelski were co-directors. And then myself, Jarrett Rose, and Gillian were solo directors. And then Julia Chamberlain and Sandra Skousen were also co-directors. It was a really good night. Uh, Jose and I got to MC the thing, which is pretty cool. Um, a lot of really good stories. I mean, really good, really good acting, really good small short plays in my opinion and uh, I think it turned out really well so thank you to if anyone's listening that came out I mean it was it was a really good night yeah and it, it was a a nice nice equal showing I mean sometimes in the past this is the fourth year I guess the first year in the, in four years that you haven't actually been in one mm-hmm. so it's right. a little bit different too as a parent to come and watch your son MC was cool but to actually see your talents of how you direct kids. Yeah. No, so, I, I mean, I I was sitting it, backstage, and I'm like, well, I hope this turns out all right. But it, it all did. And, in fact, hats off to all the directors. It, it was oh, yeah. it was incredible really from, from start to finish. Uh, there was some sad ones. There was some funny ones. There was uh, I, the first one that was a, a mime. It was so good that – I could tell the story yeah, you didn't. as it was being told, and no one said one word. Yeah, it was yeah. just the music. So I believe that was Julia and yeah, Sandra's. Julian so Sanders. hats off to them. That was an incredible job. Uh, it, it's just it's incredible what could be done mm-hmm. by a senior in high school right. yeah. and taking those talents down to those younger kids. So that's pretty incredible. Uh, really appreciate all the efforts and stuff that people put into that. All right, so we are at a point that – Blake talked about earlier. We sit down. Uh, this is the first time that Blake and I actually had the time to sit and and do a dual interview mm-hmm. with Chris Kaufman, the activities director for the Grinnell High School. And, and what we found out is not at just the Grinnell High School, the Grinnell School District. Right, yeah. So Chris, Take a is, Chris gave us some pretty, pretty good feedback, and uh, we didn't beat him up too bad, but we'll take a few minutes. Let's uh, – Here's something from our sponsor, Poly Ice Pizza, and we'll dive right back into that special guest segment. Hey there, I'm Joey Poly third generation owner of Poly Ice and Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you 
Everything is made from scratch, and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pax Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit polyeyesgrinnellia.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Polyeyes Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street. Special guest All righty. We're back for another interview here. We're here at the uh, Grinnell High School talking with Chris Coffin, the athletic director of uh, the Grinnell School District. Um, Chris, we're glad to have you on, finally. Um, so I guess we'll jump right into it. Uh, you're obviously the athletic director now, but what have you done in the Grinnell School District? You've been a teacher, you've done all this other stuff. How about I give a little background to what you've been all about here in the Grinnell School District? Okay, this is year completing, what, 22, I think, for me here. Um, spent majority of the time teaching third grade. Um, a lot of times over at Davis um, when we switched schools at Bailey Park for the first couple years and then Davis. Uh, head baseball coach, coached girls basketball, assistant girls basketball for a few years, did assistant high school football for quite a while, and then uh, moved into kind of a strange path. Um, I was teaching, and Doug Cameron, principal at that time, pulled me out and sent me to some meetings about doing some testing. And um, next thing I know, I'm, I'm – responsible for the testing for our district and next thing I know that after that I'm working with curriculum and they gave me a title of teach on special assignment which meant they pay you as a teacher but you do all this other stuff and like a curriculum director and then we actually opened a curriculum director position and then moved me into that and then they had moved me into halftime curriculum director halftime principal at Bailey Park for two years and then when coach Dunn retired from the activities director position, then um, I applied, moved over here. So just completing year four for me. So how long in all have you been in the school district? 22, 22, 22 years, years here. Yeah, started here, um, 1996, just out of college, mm-hmm. Central College, came here. Like I said, was teaching and coaching at that time, and and at that time I thought I'd never leave. Um, I enjoyed what I was doing and. And uh, things just changed and happened fast, and moved into a new position, which, like I said, I, I really enjoy. Um, but I, you know, as I've told people, I've enjoyed every position I've been in. So it's 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 been a good time, um, ups and downs all the time with things. But uh, I really have embraced the whole activities director position and and the and the time commitment that it has, which is a lot. But there's a lot of great things with it, and I I do enjoy it. So you grew up in Grinnell, or where did you grow up at? I grew up in the town of Sigourney, Iowa, um, and Highway 92. Um, small path for me, went to Central College in Pella, and came here. So a little little hour triangle. I haven't been too far in my in my world. So, um, yeah, I'm not from Grinnell, but actually probably have spent more years here than I have at, back home. So this is – You played quite a bit of sports, high school and in college. Did you ever think that someday you would be the person – administrating how sports are, are all the activities in a high school are going or did you just think when you went from college that I'm going to be a teacher and that's the life I'm going to be or did you did you ever have that goal that someday you just either had a, a mentor in high school or college that was an activities director athletic director and think someday I want to do that yeah or my high school football coach and I, I say high school football coach but he um he was our at one time was our basketball coach, our track coach, our football coach, and our baseball coach. But uh, uh, Bob Howard, who Hall of Fame football coach and still coach in Webster City, when he was at Sigourney, um, was a mentor of mine. And just 
looking up to him and seeing at that time he was AD and football coach and, you know, being young at that time, that's, that's where I think I wanted to go. I thought I was my path and, and, um, I really thought that would be an interesting thing and see myself in that role to be a head football coach and AD went to college and, and, you know, got the position of, of teaching third grade and, and kind of just pushed that all aside because I was, like I said, I was really happy doing what I was doing and hadn't really thought of anything different. So, um, there was some, when the school district changed a little bit and moved the, the AD position right before uh, Coach Dunn took it over, um, you know, I had some interest in, in looking to see how that was going to be and then kind of sparked it again of of that. But um, not until, I guess, until he retired at that point was I ever really thought about that was something I was going to do. So um, always kind of, like I said, the childhood dream, I guess, and uh, just because of, uh, you know, the mentor and the role model that I had in front of me. Now, at that time, I, I know that you have a love for baseball. You were currently the head baseball coach when you took over AD. Do do you miss the coaching aspect of? I know that the you know the school district changed some things of not wanting a, an athletic director to be a, a coach. But I know I know that I know you on the side that you just love a drive for sports and and you love baseball. Yeah. That was that was difficult for me to give up. But the problem with with baseball for being um, twenty one years as a head baseball coach, it was a lot of time outside, and I missed the relationship with the kids. I missed the competing. Um, I didn't miss all the preseason, all the getting ready um, for that. And, and the thing I really missed, you know, going back was because um, when I got out of coaching, I worked worked it was volunteer um with kgrn and and did the broadcasting color with chris barney for football games which i really enjoyed um gave me an aspect of looking at things still analyzing watching some video still being a part of things and i really i really appreciate that that opportunity and enjoyed that and um then when i became ad it was completely out of the role so i really missed that that whole aspect of, of the football thing the competing but for me um, I loved baseball. Um, I loved football. Um, I loved basketball when I played it. It was it was whatever sport I was doing was kind of my favorite at that time. Um, went to college to Central. My plan was to play baseball and football, but had an ACL surgery um, right before I um, – during basketball season high school, so right before I went to Central. Set out my freshman year of football and then ended up having to set out my freshman year of baseball and tried to come back towards – the end and it just didn't go well so I just stuck with football and and um and had a great time with that and so yeah I really um enjoy the competitiveness and miss that and I miss like yeah the kids just being interacting but I the great thing here is I get to you know get to talk with kids it's a little different but um find out how things are going but it's not the same as the connection the relationships you get to build as a coach going back to the AD aspect of it um we got questions based off being the athletic director. We've obviously had a lot of rain the past few weeks. Uh, Iowa has gone through a really rainy summer so far. How difficult is it to reschedule ball games due to weather? Whether that be rain for softball and baseball or snow and ice when you have basketball or volleyball events in the winter. How hard is that to reschedule around when talking to all these other schools? And how do you get everything set up perfectly? 
Well, you, when you look back, the winter wasn't very good. Right. Yep. Um, the yeah. fall wasn't very good, and yeah. last year's uh, summer baseball and softball didn't end very well. It's it's been a rough time for activities directors, athletic directors to to schedule, and it, um, it's very difficult to try to get everything coordinated because um, not only you you know you have to find open dates, but you have to find officials and you have to find workers, and we have enough trouble trying to get helpers to to work and. Um, concession stand. It just ends up being a lot of a lot of different things you have to do, and and um, Lindsey Peck, my assistant, does a great job of helping me try to get all that stuff organized and, and set. But uh, a lot of communication with activities, other activities directors try, and and that's one of the hardest things I, I find about the position is, you know, you might be working on some scheduling for next year, and then something comes up, and you have to reschedule something, and it just kind of throws you all off, and then you got to figure out where you came back to, and and there's just something that just constantly changes all the time. So, but it's a it's a long process. You got to notify all the media, you know, social media. Now we got you know we send out emails. It's just trying to get everybody aware of what's happened and, and any changes. Um, and like I said, then the biggest thing trying to coordinate schedules. <laughs> uh, going on to or staying on baseball, is there an update on these baseball bleachers that were? fixing uh obviously you showed us a picture beforehand of the demolition of it when's the guess time span of when those should be done here? so right now the the they're working on getting the demolition of of the concrete that's previously there um we just got our building permit so then we'll, we'll hopefully weather permitting we'll get this poured and formed and poured here sometime in the next couple of weeks um we have a home game next friday so plan is to get it all done before that we have a, a nice big rental bleacher that's going to come in that's going to seat over 200 some people um that'll be our temporary seating until bids go out officially and and we start the process of, of building um a bleacher that's that's um that's perfect for our setting right, that, you know right. goes right around wraps around our our home it's not our you know, just something that comes in there. It's something that's that's custom to what we have. So, um, an architect, all that has to be involved. So they do all the bidding and all that. And we'll go out and and it will definitely be finished for um, the next baseball season. But for this year, we'll have we'll have a nice concrete pad, which is something we haven't had before, which would be fantastic. And we'll have a nice big temporary bleachers with some with some smaller ones sitting on the side. So we'll actually probably have more seating than what we've what we used to, and it'll be better. Um, I think when it's all said and done, because our not only were the bleachers just in bad shape, but the, they were not made for that location. If you ever sat on the ones by first or third, you're only seeing part of the fields, right. and yeah. and the first few rows were always blocked by by the dugout by first base or third base. So when it's all said and done, it'll be it'll be the right thing to fit in the right place, and it's just difficult to get there, but we'll get there. It's better than nothing. Uh, staying on bleachers, there. I mean, there's been rumors all for the past over the past year about the. Uh, football field, uh, visitor bleachers slash press box. Um, we've talked about this earlier in the year. Is it still like hinge on the bond issue? If that passes, then we may see an update to both that and the field or what's the, what's, what's happening over there? So separation of both of those. So the, the football bleachers, um, we're going to have some re- renovations are going to be done to those. They're going to be stripped down. Um, all everything's gonna be taken off of those, stripped down. We're gonna do some little structural dam- or structural configuration to fix them, but the structure of them is pretty good. And then we will um, put new materials on them that look brand new. Um, have a little adaptions where we'll have to move them out a little bit more, and they'll have you know, walkways with railings, and they'll meet ADA compliable 
ramp will be different. So it'll have a different look um, and it'll be much more safe and secure and it'll be a nice for visiting and what we use for our home track because that is where um, all of our our fans come for our home track meet. So that will that will be done. Um, I'm told will be done before um, our first home football game. Um, and because we don't have to do bids on that because it is a renovation, it's not a new yeah, project. Yeah. So so we can go a little bit different path on that than we had to do or will have to do for the baseball bleachers. Um, down the road, we're also looking at replacing the softball bleachers to make them similar to the baseball. Mm-hmm. So kind of a phase. Um, baseball kind of started now, but it's going to, Football will finish before baseball, and then and then get all three done. Yeah. Well, it seems like the the tendency <clears throat> at the ball diamonds is, as the teams continue to perform better and better, just like any other sport. I'm sure you've seen it over your years of being AD. Is the better the team performs, the more people show up. And it seems like last year, when you come and watch a baseball game, the baseball bleachers were you had to stop and look and say, can I, well, maybe I should just bring a chair because I can't get in the bleachers. And it seems like the the performance of the team and the softball team starting off well this year that you're just filling them up a little bit more than what you used to. And it, it, yeah, you're right. It does depend on, on team. We've had some some really good baseball years in the past where we've had great followings and then some other years where when I was coached that didn't go so well and and parents showed up, and that was about it. So, it does kind of depend on on how the season is going, and and we have a lot of a lot of good young baseball and softball kids, and um, a good investment with our coaches, and and we have a good following right now. So, uh, we just have not done if you well, very few. Um, 2007, when the addition was built, the high school, the auditorium, um, the band room, all that renovated, hallways. Um, the gymnasium uh, when that was our that was our last project and then uh, let's see three years ago we are were able to get the softball reef done and the tennis courts other than that we haven't done anything else and um, other everything's been kind of minor and cosmetic so really looking at trying to upgrade some of the things that really need to be touched that we haven't done for many years and then trying to work on how we are going to uphold and continue with some of the project we have like our, our beautiful tennis courts, if we don't maintain them every so often and keep the surface clean and redo them, then we're going to be back having to start fresh at the very beginning. So really working with, this, with the school um, central office on getting a plan on, on getting things down on paper and when we're going to fix them and how we're going to deal with them and maintain them so we don't have to keep uh, you know, using things until they're way past their, their due and then having to replace them. Do you only take care of sports, or do you take care of the theater events and the music events? Do you schedule those things, or is that up to the department's leaders to then schedule, and then you kind of work around? That's a good question. So my, my title is activities director, so which is different from some schools that have athletic directors. So as activities director, I'm in charge of all activities. Um, I'm in charge of fine arts. I'm in charge of um, any of the the clubs also um it's a it's a huge huge um role and and we use a lot of different um coaches help with some of their scheduling some of the the directors help with some they look at you know some dates that they have and we have to work around all that but it's it's really uh, a team effort really trying to get all that scheduling done to make sure that things work the best they can and sometimes we have incidents where we just can't we have to do the best we can with it and Unfortunately, kids have to make a choice if they do this or that, and it's just it's just the way it goes sometimes that it's not perfect for us, and we don't have open dates as much as we would like to. So 
we have a lot of kids. Um, I think I ran numbers. A little over 60% of our kids are involved in a sport, and over 50%, I think it's like 52% are involved in some kind of club. And that's not counting some of the clubs that we have that aren't necessarily uh, money-driven or right. have any finance with them that, that you know we don't have. We don't count necessarily right. it for – we count as, as being involved, but not count as for me having to necessarily uh, maintain. There's a trend going across the state of Iowa of – athletes or uh or number of athletes on teams in schools uh there is do you have a personal opinion on why the amount of athletes going out for sports is somewhat declining across the state of iowa is it the risk for injury is it you know what what have you seen in your time of being you know the activities director and what are we seeing i mean in football it seems like it's very apparent in some certain schools it is, and it's um, from reading things and talking to people. It, it kind of depends, you know. Volleyball is is one of the the biggest growing sports for for girls um, across the nation. Um, football has dwindled, went down in numbers. Um, I think people and the concussion has has, has created a, um, a fear for many people. Um, I also think some youth sports. The cost of youth sports is um, people are really being driven now to spend money, send the kids to expensive things instead of just, you know, playing. Um, you don't see a lot of kids in the on the Merrill Park or somewhere else just uh, picking up a game of baseball and playing. Um, everything's now um, some kind of organized uniform, everything yeah. costs money. Um, so that that's deterring some kids from it. Uh, I, th- I just think that, you know, we as adults are – unfortunately have busy lives and it's hard as you know when you're a parent to try to figure out how you're going to get kids involved and um i think you know we're also at a a time in our our world where um, technology and video games and phones play a big role where you know instead of kids going out and playing wiffle ball or or you know pick up flag football or basketball or something you know they're they're doing everything uh virtual so uh, it's a it's a huge um, issue, I think. Uh, you know, as I've talked to many people about what can set Grinnell apart from the rest of the state or across is if we can if we can break the trends, if we can continue to get people out. Um, crazy to think that we have in our conference had the most girls out for basketball than anybody, um, with knowing that other than Pellicrish, we're the smallest school in our conference. Um, so that's just you know kind of just shows like. Like Dan talked about just the when when things are going well, people people will right, join, yeah. and um, so we just have to maintain and continue to build, and that's why it's important to have you know facilities that uh, that draw people in. Um, I remember, and I always use this story when I first um, came, and and the late Steve Kriegel was talking to me, and and he knew he wasn't going to coach baseball, and um, they told me I was going to be the head baseball coach instead of his assistant. And, you know, he talked and said, you know, you got to find some way, find some way to draw kids' interest into it. And he goes, I don't care what it is, if it's new uniforms or, or do something nice, the facility or taking them on a trip or something, but you got to find ways to draw kids involved. And it's, you know, that's 20 some years ago and it's still the same. We still have to try to figure out ways to get people. And that's why our community is, is very supportive and big into our, our activities, I'll say, because we have a great showing with our, with our fine arts and our drama department. And the community does a great job of representing that. And um, same with our with our sports programs, and it's important to keep building those. It's continue to to develop because it, it is a big deal not only to our our kids and but our community and our sponsors as well. 
in the means of sports teams being successful, as of right now, we have a team at the golf state tournament, and we have Mesa Harris over at the individual state tournament. Is there more stress for you when one of our teams is at the state competitive level, like they're competing at state, or say when these this girls basketball team has hosted district events to go to state? Is there more stress on you in terms of teams being very successful and competing at state level events? I think for for me personally, the only time it's it's really stressful for me is when when we host something. I'm in charge because yeah. I have to make sure everything goes well and when works. Um, you know, our coaches do a great job of, of taking care of, of, of our kids and making sure, um, you know, for, for me, for the state things, like, you know, I, I make sure they get the credit card and, and, and pay for their hotel rooms they need it and charge their meals if they, if they if it comes up and work with the Boost Club on getting funds for that. So that's not, that's not a difficult thing, and it's just it's, it's hard for me um, – is always trying to be involved and, and seeing, you know, how much can, because I can't, I can't go to everything. I can't be at everything as much as I would like to. Um, there's always things I have to choose and, you know, you want to be supportive and, and how does that, you know, how do you do that? And, um, you know, sometimes people are, you know, criticized that you're not at this or you're not, but, you know, you do what you can. Um, and our coaches know that um, I'm there to support them in, in any ways they ask and, and try to help them out the best they can. So with that being said, Chris, I, I guess for the ones that would criticize, we go with having kids in basketball and, and doing our live streaming on, on all the home sports virtually, even getting into baseball and softball and having Blake performing in fine arts. And I see you at all this stuff. How in the world do you fit in your schedule when you got to come to work and work eight hours a day and then turn around? I would say between... Don't put any pressure on Kevin Sini, but between you two, I see you two at more out of normal school hour activities than most. And you have three kids. And you, <laughs> well, I have more than that. Yeah, more, <laughs> more than that. But I mean, how do how do you how do you? Balance yeah, that? it's that that is it's really hard, and and balancing is um, the hardest thing is balancing with the family life of trying to. Um, work with with you know your kids and your and your wife and you know and heather does a good job about coming to events uh, and bringing the kids the, the little ones you know so we can see them but that's the hardest thing is just trying to to do it because there are so many activities you know you have 19 varsity sports and what, 25 lower level sports and not counting everything else and everybody wants to be a part of things and you know there's numerous times where i've had you know like levi and i've talked he's like i would love to come to state a marching band but at this time I have this event and this event and I have a middle school um, which I also do which we haven't talked about I'm, I'm in charge of all the middle school activities also um, but I have a middle school volleyball tournament that day and so you know it's just it's hard um, and a lot of the things you kind of have prioritized so is there going to be possible issues um, where you have to do crowd control um, and then the other big one is is there money involved um, if there's money involved, then you pretty much need to make sure you're there or someone's covering it to get it picked up. Um, but, you know, it's that's where it's difficult. You know, it's so a golf or a tennis um, where there's not officials, there's not money involved. It doesn't mean that you don't want to be there. You can't. It's just it's just a different it's just a different atmosphere. So, you, yeah, you, you try as hard as you can. But Kevin, Mr. C and I were just talking about that this morning about um, time that uh, the two of us are at school and how his car's here I'm my car's here usually almost all the time and and the other problem with the 
what that job of activities director is. Um, and it's not the fault of anybody. It's just the way it works out is everybody wants something at all times. So, you know, unfortunately, my phone goes off and, and we're sitting there eating a, a meal, which finally everybody can be there and phone's going off. And so you have to decide, all right, can you take care of it? Is it something needs to be done right now? And um, or is it something we pushed aside? And so it's it's unfortunately, um, you know, it's a 24 hours job. And we I, I was just talking with some other day about how it's interesting you work and then you have games at night. It's almost like having a second shift, right. you know, and so. It's we, we ask you, Blake and I, and, and we appreciate every time we, we send you a text or during a ball game when you may be in the heat of something, and we ask you a question, and you fire right back. So we appreciate every bit of that. Well, I've also found that yeah, you know, and I yeah, thanks for that. I also find like emails and things. If I you know with our phone, we have you know able to be connected all the time. Um, goods and bads. If I'm able to get it right now, then it helps me out because I can come to work and have 115 emails to go through. And it takes me, you know, two hours to get through. So if I can take care of it, which also is a problem, sometimes I'll I'll look at it, and then if I don't are able to address right then, then it's you know forgotten when you get there. So you try the best you can to get as much done as as possible with that. But yeah, you, you know, I found out a little bit myself in this position that um, that I'm a pleaser person, that, and I didn't really realize this about myself. But I want everybody, you know, to be pleased and. and and taken care of and it just can't happen you know it's it can't happen to the extent you want it to so you gotta just do the best you can to to try to help as much as as possible and make everybody um feel appreciated but you know there's always going to be somebody who doesn't think you should be doing more in the event that you're out of town or you're sick or you're at a meeting somewhere else who's the second person in charge uh when you when you're gone um gone that's an interesting question because i don't know i mean I'm not gone very often. Um, and you, you have an assistant. I, I have an assistant. Lindsay's my assistant, mm-hmm, right. but um, doesn't she's not an assistant as of um, outside of school hours. Right, right. So yeah, so the paperwork stuff. I can. She's done a really good job of taking care of um, with that. But usually, if there's something on, I'll coordinate with one of the administrators, Mr. Right. Senior, so and say, hey, I can't um, be here for this, or I got soccer at this time, or. Right. Um, work with our other coaches a lot of times um, our trainer Kelly Rose helps me out at soccer yeah. you know when I'm at track or something or vice versa um, so just different administrative people or, or leaders to try to help us out there's times where I've had to take and I know coach Faulkner's filled in for me at a softball game in the summer or coach Salzer has so just asking different people to uh, school people just to fill in but I um, it's interesting my contract allows me to have some flexible hours so I don't necessarily um, have to be at school at the same hours but it's pretty hard because everybody wants something at it's 7 45 to 8 o'clock everybody wants something at 3 30 so you know you can take a little longer lunch or something but um, the, the prime times to meet with everybody and talk to everybody is the, the beginning and end and that makes it really difficult to to be able to get away but with these last, well, I should say, with the last four years, with Drew graduating and the next two years of Owen being in varsity sports, is it make it a little bit harder when they're playing away games and you want to go to them and you you go to a away game and then all of a sudden you're just the guy sitting in the stands watching a ball game? Does your mind ever stop thinking about, I wonder if I'm not, this is not my school, but is he doing the same thing that I'm doing as an AD or, you know, does, does your brain just not stop to say, let's just enjoy this ball game. Between we're good to watch. Father <laughs> and yeah. And you know, that's interesting because one of the reasons that 
because um, the school didn't, you know, they, they asked me if I was going to continue to coach baseball, but they never said I had to give it up. But it was more of a, a choice for me. And mostly because of that, I, I didn't feel like I could do a good job being a, a coach, father, and AD at that time when I was coaching baseball when I had a Drew and Owen was coming up too. So it just seemed um, there was a the right time just to be done. But, you know, yeah, it, it's – you're constantly yeah, – you wouldn't – you'd be surprised how many times, you know, my phone goes off or, you know, something that – no matter what, if you think everything is, is set up and there's always something. So um, – it, it's it is a all the time job, but the, one of the things that I I do really appreciate and ads talk about a lot is is just the ad group and the Iowa High School Athletic Association um, has a great um, membership where we get together um, conference um, we have to learn take classes and um, you also it, it's it's really nice because as a coach you go to a clinic or so and there's always be some competitiveness with another school you know this. You know, you have the school that beats you or something. But with ADs, you walk in, it doesn't matter if you're a 1A or if you're a 4A. You all have the same problems. It's just a different extent. And so it's really nice. And you're walking through there and you're talking with people. And I was able to go to well, – I received a scholarship and was able to go all expenses paid to the National AD Conference in San Antonio this winter. And it was absolutely fantastic. And not only the weather, but um, just the atmosphere and talking with, I talked to the South, a man from Puerto Rico that was an AD and we talked about, you know, we have the same problems and same, and, and a person from Dallas, outside of Dallas. And there was, it was just really neat to hear people in different States and different regions still dealing with the same things because we all have the same things. It's, you have, you have activities, you have sports, you have weather, you have, you know, parents, you have, I mean, all those same things. So one last question before we wrap up, uh, we know that the football field has the name T.T. Cranning, Fowler Field, Kriegel Gym. Has the school thought about names for this quote-unquote new gym, which has been here for a while, or the softball diamond or the tennis courts? Have Has the school thought about that? I know it's probably based off of former athletes or former people that have had a huge part in the community, but has the school thought about naming those things here sooner or later? So all of those, other than the Steve Kriegel um, gym, happened you know, prior Um before my time and just kind of reading about some different things about how they all started TT Cranny, former principal here. Um, but looking back, the school just had a policy here recently about naming facilities and, and the process that goes about doing it and, and the money attached to it and how, how they do it. So I think anything pretty much can be, can be named if someone wants to, um, pay the price and, and, and go through the, the steps to get an approval for the school board. So I don't know if the way it appears for me is, I don't think the school necessarily names anything um, yeah. unless there's um, some circumstances that does it. They, right. you know, look for somebody that's, uh, that has some financial backing right. too that wants to support to it. Name, so, yeah. so yeah, we're waiting for that Blake Walker uh, gymnasium yeah, coming yeah. down here the yeah. road. So working on it. Um, we'd just be happy. Some other than new gym. <laughs> welcome yeah, to, the yeah, new welcome gym. to the new gym. New gym. See, see I refer to it as the main gym. So yeah, that's, that's my, All right, well, we can start I do the main gym. Uh, well, we thank you for your time, yeah. Chris. Uh, we obviously love working with you the past few years and continue to work with you throughout the sports sporting events. And, uh, we really appreciate you taking time to talk with us here. Well, I really appreciate it too. And I just, it's just, it's great to see, you know, from our 
first conversation we had about where this was going right. to where it is now and how it's changed so much yeah, and how you guys have, yeah. have taken this on. And that was one of my, my goals as, as taking over as activities director was to get some live streaming in. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I'm, I'm thankful you guys were able to do this and more because the more we can publicize the, the great things our coaches and our activities do, the, the I think the better support we get from, from everybody. And so it's a great thing. We're, we're excited to hit into this baseball softball. We may be a little bit rough on the edges, yeah. but we're, we're excited to do that. We got it all set up so we have our a baseball softball scoreboard on there so it shows the scoring system and uh, help from Mike Doty and, and Tony Stenberg both on, on coaching us how. Neither one of us played baseball, but we'll, we're going to make it mesh over and it sounds too bad. We may invite you up. That's fine. I'll, I, I come help. You know, it's it's. I was just talking to my 12-year-old Brady about, about baseball. We are talking about, um, you know, because there's people who, who like and there's people who think it's just boring as can be and having a hard time. But so our conversation was just about the the small games that are involved that people don't necessarily understand. We were talking about how the pitchers, you know, trying to figure out, all right, last time the guy was up, you know, I threw him a curveball for this low and away, and so what am I going to do this time? And, you know, the, just the little games, the first baseman, you know, is, you know, has a runner on, and he's trying to figure out, am I going to play behind him? Am I going to sneak in? I mean, just all the little things that are happening throughout that people don't necessarily realize that um, I think make baseball a really neat sport. Um, it's not just, you know, the one, the batter, the pitcher. There's just a lot of things going on that you don't really notice. So, um, yeah, hopefully you guys can and enjoy it and appreciate it and, and share because I know people will, will love to be able to, yeah, to hear I, and I see. I think we have a better understanding. Uh, Tony has pretty much opened the door to a practice to have us come in. And just watching a practice, my goodness, it, it's more like calling plays for a football game than I ever thought it would be. Yeah. You know, and just standing back, it's like he's rattling off this or rattle off this. So when you're hitting the ball, there's stuff going on. When you're pitching the ball, the catcher, the conversation going about. And if something doesn't relay the information out to the field to either have them come in or go out, that's more information that it was always happening. I just never knew it. Right. And now when you look at it, it actually makes the game go faster. Because you're trying to catch what is going on. And then just like anything else with football or, or basketball, when you're talking about it, a game to sit and watch, like if we go to a away game and watch basketball and I sit watch Tyler and Owen and Drew play, it's like, oh my goodness, this is going on for X amount of time. But when you're sitting up there talking about it right. and saying, oh, these are the good, positive things, it's like, oh, it's 930, it's time to go home already. Right. So we're excited. I, I don't think there's anything that's bad going to come out of it and like I said hopefully no one bashes us too much but no, saying think so. what we, we think's going on <laughs> yeah it's it, you're, you're right because you know so many people think you know about a baseball practice uh, you know one guy hitting and and one of the coach or someone throwing batting practice and the other guys are all standing in the outfield standing around and I've always tried to explain to youth coaches whoever you know there's many ways, even though sometimes baseball seems boring, there's many ways to get people way more involved in doing things to understand. So, yeah, it, it's 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 always nice when people are able to see everything goes on because it doesn't matter what, if it's baseball practice or what, you go to a practice and you see a whole different um, atmosphere of what you're going to see in a, in a game, all the things, all the small things that happen. Um, um, just to, that's going to make those that team prepared for their to, uh, for their contest. Well, we really look forward to the baseball and softball season and uh, 
we really look forward to the next time we get to talk to you, maybe here in a few months again. So thank you for time, Chris, and we really appreciate the interview. Yep, thank you very much. Thanks, Chris. All right. You know what, Chris Kaufman, how could we get any more of a calmer guy to sit and interview? <laughs> that it was I went in expecting a short fifteen minute interview. We had like eight or nine questions. And I came out of there knowing more than I'd ever thought I'd know. And I mean, that was probably what, thirty, thirty five minutes? 30, I mean he, thirty right at right at thirty five minutes he, is a, is what we sit there and visited with him. And it's incredible. I mean I, I just I it was great to know more about him and all the answers that he gave us, you know, stuff that we didn't even know, the football bleachers coming in. I mean, that's great. And just his background, his take on the whole thing, like athletes, you know, the athlete numbers kind of lowered just a little bit. Um, he's been through a lot. <laughs> I mean, he's yeah. been through so much and his passion for sports is so big. I mean, I've never, I never knew that. Yeah. I, I think that's, it's always good. And, I, in my opinion, I think Jim Dunn was exactly the same way as what Chris has taken on to. And it was really neat when we asked a question about, you know, did you have a mentor? And in, in high school, you know, he, he told us that he went to college and he's going to be a school teacher. And then when I asked him the question, did you have a mentor? And all the way back to high school, he had a coach, uh, an athletic director that he was – thinking him out and you know thinking someday that'd be cool to be and then to turn around and fill in those blanks and and follow up with that so it's, it's really cool that someone does have that passion and i think chris is doing a great job for our, our right. activities program Phenomenal. uh as as you guys just heard it's just not high school it's middle school it's fine arts it's working with the, the choir director, the band director, uh, still being a father, going to your kids' things, and some things you're going to miss. You know, it, it's just one of those things that he's, he stays on pace and does a good job at it. And I'm sure he's just like everyone else. He goes home some nights and say, man, I wish I could do more. And, and there's, yeah, I mean, there's, he does so much. And uh, and like he told us, there's a lot to come. I mean, there there's they are working on so many new projects over at the high school and there's a lot to come, and speaking of a lot of things to come, we got a lot of stuff going on this week. Um, it's obviously the last week of school for the school district. Um, they get out on Thursday, uh, but yeah, we got a busy week, so let's roll right into it. Uh, the softball and baseball teams head to Dallas Center Grimes uh, to take on the Mustangs. And that should be a really good game. That's Monday night. So if you want to make the drive up to DCG Stadium, that's where the action will be taking place. On Tuesday, June 4th, we have uh, boys baseball just ninth grade at South Tama. And that's pretty much the only thing going on for uh, Tuesday. Moving on to Wednesday, uh, both boys and girls uh, softball and baseball are headed to Newton to take on the Cardinals. So more Little Hawkeye Conference action. We're getting to that part of the season, which is a lot of fun. Uh, and then Thursday night, nice little fun game. North Mahaska comes to town to take on the softball team. It's always nice when Grinnell and teams in Power Sheet County play each other because it's, you know, a lot of fans could come out. and yeah, Mahaska. It's Mahaska County. Okay, it's really close. Well, it's yeah, really close. My bad. Close. 
North Mahaska, and that's yeah, that's our first that, first that, game. That's our first game. That we'll so, be Tune in. We'll, we'll put the hot link out there on the Twitter account. We we hope Facebook. it goes well. <laughs> uh, you know, one one thing about it is we've checked uh, everything out as of Wi-Fi. We have Wi-Fi out there. Uh, the only thing is when we we look, at, I haven't been in the softball press box to see what that signal strength is. So I will tell you this, we're going to go ahead and we're going to pop it out there live stream on our YouTube account. It will also be recorded. So if it doesn't go, still uh, go out. we're still going to, it'll go out the next day. It'll all be thrown out there in full content, uh, 1080 HD. So don't get, don't get too worked up if it doesn't come out perfect uh, for the baseball side. Um, yeah, Friday night against Benton is the last event. Friday night against week. Benton Community, that's that's our first baseball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have view that we're actually, we could see the transmitter. So I, I, I'm pretty positive. I think that going both ways, softball and baseball, we're going to have uh, great reception. So all that goes streaming out to the the YouTube world, and we'll, we'll kick it out there so parents could pass on to grandparents or people in town. Uh, can see what's going on with that so we're, we're pretty pumped up yeah should be should be a really fun week uh a lot of baseball a lot of softball i mean that's pretty much all that the high school's got going right now um i know there's probably going to be quite a few camps starting here soon um so come out to the ballpark it's going to be a really fun time so i think that'll pretty much wrap it up for this week yep what we're going to leave you with is as we uh go on from week to week you can always find us on our, our Twitter accounts, so at Tigers Live underscore. Uh, you can follow Blake at, at Blake underscore Walker 8, and then my Twitter account is at D Tigers Live. Uh, you can also follow us on our Facebook page, which is uh, at Tiger SLSN, which is you can also just search on Facebook the Tiger Sports Livestream Network. Uh, a big shout out on this podcast for everyone out there that's following us. We weekly we pick up new followers. Uh, this morning we had our 200th download that actually shows on the platform that we throw it out there, which is called Podbean. Uh, but the kind of the unique thing is we know from Twitter. There's a, a analytic thing on there that I have more engagements than is actually shown on our podcast account. So by my calculations, we're roughly up around uh, three to 400 uh, downloads that are coming through that my program just as a monitor. So again, thank you very much for following us. We appreciate it. If if you have someone that you want to hear out there, yeah. uh, the next couple of weeks, uh, we're going to be catching coaches right after ball games. So we're going to be blending those into some of our game recaps little bit more excitement we're going to talk to some more of the players uh with home games coming up thursday night we got to need to get a few more pitchers out there for the softball team uh and then we're also going to be finishing up the the hype video for the softball girls even though there were six games in the season we're pretty excited about never too late for a hype so we'll get that all going out there Uh, again great week of sports we ended on great week of sports we're following up on Thank you for joining in to the uh, podcast. What number are we at? Number seven. Number seven. So podcast number seven, 200 official downloads through the podcast machine. 
Thank you very much for tuning in. I'm Dan Walker. Blake Walker. Join us again, and thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Kaufman on fourth down. Drew surveys, rolls short. It's going to be a screen play. McFarland's got it with blockers in front. Has room, jumps to the near or far sideline. He's still going. McFarland is in. Yes, he, yes, he is. Touchdown, Grinnell.